You're listening to Nursing Review Radio. Australia's mental health nurses want an emboldened approach to reducing or eliminating the use of seclusion and restraint in services. The call from the Australian College of Mental Health Nurses comes with the release of its new research project, funded by the National Mental Health Commission, that explored the clinical factors that stand in the way of achieving a restraint-free environment. I'm joined by College Chief Executive Adjunct Associate Professor Kim Ryan to discuss the views of nurses and approaches to treatment and care that counter use of seclusion and restraint. Thank you for joining me, Kim. The pleasure, Dallas. Almost all mental health nurses surveyed had been involved at some point in their career in the use of physical restraint and seclusion. Uh, Boiling down some of the findings of the report, why why are we still seeing use of seclusion and restraint in in mental health services? Uh, Look, I think we're still seeing the use of seclusion and restraint in mental health services for a number of reasons. I think that the service design and the supports that people are being given in inpatient units particularly are not orientated towards the reductions of seclusion restraint in some places. I think the other thing that we can't underestimate is that we're seeing increasing rates of um, drug and alcohol use uh, within um, services that come into emergency departments or mental health uh, units intoxicated. And I think the other thing that we need to consider is is that um, people that actually end up coming into acute mental health services these days are very acute and often highly aroused. And so I think the nurses are seeing seclusion and restraint as a practice that they're used to using. And I don't know that they always see that there's an alternative. In some instances, there may not be an alternative. So we talk a lot about the reduction of it, about have we actually put into place the strategies that we need to to ensure there are alternatives to the use of restrictive practices. How did nurses in the study view seclusion and restraint in terms of need versus consequence? I think that the nurses clearly understand the consequence of the use of restrictive practices. I think they see that there is a need at times to have restrictive practices or contain someone's behaviour. I think they feel that there's a need to keep um, everyone safe and so that's paramount for them is the safety of the individual that they're working with but also the individuals around them and they know that the outcome of seclusion restraint is traumatic for everybody involved. I think most nurses would understand that use of restrictive practices is in no way a therapeutic intervention. So I think they spend their time weighing up the need and the consequences all the time. Nurses felt differently about the different types of restrictive practices. Seclusion and physical restraint were seen as more acceptable and effective than mechanical restraint, for example. And those surveyed felt that eliminating mechanical restraint was more likely than seclusion and physical restraint. Uh, So what do you think that that link points to? Um... What I would understand from that is is that often people using physical um, restraint is immediate um, and they do that at an immediate point in time to ensure safety or containment. Uh, Chemical restraint is probably something that's not as immediate in terms of its action. And so I'm thinking that they probably think that there's 
uh, opportunities to look at reducing or eliminating chemical restraint um, as it's a, a sort of an adjunct often to um, physical restraint. And so I think they're saying that, you know, in the first instance where they need to ensure safety of everybody, uh, physical restraint would probably be the thing they see less likely at this point in time as being able to eliminate. The report looked into some of the enablers to seclusion and restraint elimination. Uh, What were some of the most commonly reported enablers and do they align with the college's thoughts on a way forward for nurses? The college um, does agree that we need to look at staffing levels and that we need to look at skill mix within uh, mental health services. I think design of mental health services, making sure that there's alternatives available to people for practice uh, are all very important things that in some of those uh, outcomes of the report will obviously take much more time to implement. But certainly there are some things that could be implemented um, quickly. We need to ensure that all the nurses working in um, mental health units or in emergency departments have got ongoing professional development so that they understand opportunities and how they can actually de-escalate um, situations and how they can understand from a, a trauma-informed and recovery-orientated point of view um, how to contain behaviour that may not necessarily be um, as restrictive practice as we understand it now. So I think there are a number of things that we could look at quickly that could actually probably produce some outcomes. The National Mental Health Commission suggested a change uh, to reduce the use of restrictive practices by increasing the use of the recovery approach to treatment and care. Uh, what, what does that approach involve and, and how can services best support staff to improve uptake? Well, I think um, what we need to consider is, is that the use of restrictive practices is in no way therapeutic. Um, It is an intervention that's used, but it's not therapeutic. It doesn't take into consideration uh, past trauma that people have had to deal with. It certainly doesn't also look at person-centred care and what is it that the individuals require. I think that when we start looking at recovery-orientated processes, we need to consider each individual's path to recovery, what it is required for those individuals to ensure that they feel safe, that they're looked after, that there's alternatives within the um, mental health setting or the emergency departments. We need to look at ensuring that there are options for people to have other things available to them and look at what the individual requires as opposed to what the service requires in terms of it's always doing the same thing the same way doesn't focus on individuals' needs and that's what we need to start looking at. What is it? that is most appropriate for each individual as they come in contact with services. Thank you for your time, Kim. Thank you for your interest, Alice. I appreciate it.